Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service and invitation to the world. Each week we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fallhaber, or from guest preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. I don't like talking to people when I'm flying on a plane. When I fly, I usually put my headphones in, I pull out a book, I avoid eye contact completely. I don't know why I do that, but I always do. I think maybe part of it is that it's a defense mechanism. I can only really hear in one ear, I can't hear in my right ear, and I hate having to say what repeatedly over and over and over again over the sound of a plane engine and I've learned that just smiling and nodding means that I might have just agreed to something that I definitely don't want to agree with. I think part of it is that the airplane itself feels kind of like a trap. If you start a conversation with the person next to you, there's really no easy way out of the conversation because you're sitting next to them for the whole flight. And while I love talking about my faith, when people ask me what I do for a living, I often just get peppered with a thousand questions about why I believe what I believe and why I do what I do. So, I don't know. I guess I do know why I tend to avoid conversations on airplanes, but sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised by my experience. Many of y'all know I was out of town last weekend. Uh, I was heading up to Maine, and on my flight up to Maine to be with my family on the anniversary of my grandmother's death, I got into a two-hour-long conversation with a stranger named Tim who saw my open book saw the headphones in my ears, he saw that I wasn't looking at him, and he still greeted me and introduced himself and then asked where I was headed. Now, internally, I was like, no, he's breaking all the rules. I was very clearly uninterested in this conversation. And externally, I was like, oh, hi, Uh, just headed to be with family on the reunion of my grandmother's death. I believe in telling the truth, even to strangers, which can be awkward sometimes. Um, But then I said, how about you? Where are you headed? And he explained that he was headed up to Maine to be a camp counselor at a wilderness camp. I acknowledged how awesome that sounded. And then I turned my eyes back to the book that I was reading. And as soon as I started reading the first sentence of the next page, Tim asked me, hey, what are you reading? And of course, the book that I was reading was a book on preaching. I did not want to tell him that I was reading about a book about preaching because I knew it would lead down the same path that I had been down before when I had to explain my whole life over the sound of a jet engine. And I don't even know that that's the expectation that other people have, but it's what I tend to do. So. I told him that I was reading a book about preaching because I always tell the truth. And the conversation actually took a really interesting turn. It started the same way that most of those conversations start, with a lot of general sharing from both of us about our interests and study areas. He was a graduate school student um, studying the inequality of the education system while teaching in kindergarten. 
he noted that one of the barriers that he sees is a disparity of access to social capital and uh, mentoring relationships for a lot of kids. And then he looked at me and asked me to look around the plane. And he said, why? He asked me, why are we the only people in this plane talking to each other? Every time we get on a plane, we have an opportunity to meet someone we've never met before and learn from their perspective. Why don't people ever take advantage of that opportunity? And it was almost like God were speaking directly to me through this guy, Tim. I had built up a bunch of protective rules for myself around traveling that utterly disregarded the rules that I aspire to live by. I like to think in my best moments that my life is structured on simple rules, right? Love God, love neighbor, like our scripture said, or, you know, like John Wesley's three simple rules, do no harm, do good, love God. And maybe in my best moments, I'm intentional about that. But as it turns out, I have a whole other set of rules that are often in conflict with those ideals. And Tim, a perfect stranger who annoyed me in my first interaction with him, helped me to see the gap between my aspirational values and my lived values. It was a perfect reminder that I'm regularly reminded of that I will never accidentally become a more faithful, loving, gracious person. The reality in my life is that if I leave it to chance, my habits will become more self-serving, more protective, and more unintentional. Even more, if I let the stimuli around me direct my life, it's easy for me to build habits of constant distraction of busyness and isolation that is simultaneously overreactive and thoughtless. <laughs> so while Tim was talking to me about the other passengers and their unwillingness to make a connection with their neighbor, I was overcome with a clear sense of my own habits of distraction, reactivity, and thoughtlessness. Without thinking about it, I set up three separate barriers to any human interaction, three distractions from the present moment in which I was sitting in and the experience that I was having. I had music in my ears, I had words on the page, and my eyes swaying between people rather than connecting with any one of them. Now, of course, that's just one example in my own life about the ways that my habits keep me from following God's greatest commandments, but it certainly isn't the only way that I distract myself from God's presence, nor is it the only way that I distract myself from the neighbors around me. Faithfulness has to be intentionally cultivated, just like any other healthy habit. We have to work at it first. It doesn't just show up. Love doesn't just start emanating from us when we claim faith in Christ. Love has to become a way of life for us. My natural impulses carry me away from those ideals of love, so I have to work really hard. And I assume that's true for most of you, too. We have to work at it. So I wonder first, what habits get in your way? When was the last time you had a sudden realization like me that habits 
that you had built up over time were keeping you from noticing and loving your neighbor or noticing and loving God. I think that's the first thing we have to do. We have to acknowledge those potentially unhelpful habits that we have. What habits have been built up naturally that need to be replaced intentionally? Yours, of course, are probably different than mine. In fact, they likely are different than mine. We have to intentionally observe those habits and those distractions first. And then I wonder, what is one habit that you could take up today that might bring you closer to the heart of God? Now, to make it simple, my faith tells me that I am loved by God even when I am lovable and, and when I am unlovable, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, I'm loved by God even when I am unlovable. So to love God simply means to learn reciprocity. So habits of love for God can be as simple as starting the day by naming three things that you're grateful for. Now, loving neighbor is a little bit harder. You can't always assume that your neighbor loves you. So loving a neighbor means putting yourself out on a limb. Learning to love your neighbor is about mimicking God, right? God's love comes first. And then it's our work to allow love to go first into other people's lives. So building a habit of love for neighbor might be as simple as demonstrating a genuine interest in the stranger that's sitting next to you. And maybe for you, it might also mean learning how to be quiet rather than filling every empty moment. Because I know for me, I know I learned something about the heart of God because a vaguely Buddhist camp counselor slash graduate student slash kindergarten teacher asked me about my life even when I tried to isolate myself from him. So today, I am grateful to God for Tim. And I wonder, what are you grateful for? Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at ndumc.org.